0: aboard the Battleship Pretension, I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. What's going on? We gotta hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we all got places to be. Yeah. <laughs> You've gotta see Adventureland.
1: Yeah, I gotta see Adventureland. Speaking
0: of Adventureland. Okay. Um, I saw it uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, I love it. It's my favorite movie of the year. Granted, I've only seen three, but uh, I, I like it a great deal. What else have you seen? I saw Watchmen. The Watchmen movie? And I... Yeah. Why would you say that?
1: <laughs> that's what it's called. The Watchmen movie. Yeah. I don't
0: think that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure. Go I to IMDb s- right now. I think it's called The Watchmen movie.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll look it up. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, and then I also saw I Love You, Man. All right. Um, but Adventureland is my is my favorite movie of the year so far of those three, and um, the thing is david i don't want to give too much away um and they mentioned this briefly on on never not funny uh recently that movie was very mismarketed like it and and i understand that 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 they have to do that every once in a while they have to make a movie you know if a movie just can't be categorized easily um and if it has certain components then it's like okay well let's let's play up those components you know i remember the uh the movie Mean Girls, which is actually a movie I like a great deal, um, and I think it's intelligent and fairly sensitive, but also kind of funny. But it's a, but a very intelligent kind of humor. Uh-huh. But of course, in the uh, in the trailer, the, the you know the thing that you saw more than anything was Lindsay Lohan, uh, fu- you know, walking along and then fu- you know tripping and falling into a trash can. Yeah, Like, that's what you saw. It, it was in the movie, and you wonder, like, because it doesn't really fit with the movie. So uh-huh. it, you're kind of like, did they put that in there just so they would have something to put in the trailer? <laughs> but,
1: like, um... You know, the perfect example of that, okay. for me, has always been Josie and the Pussycats, because okay. I still feel like I have to work to convince people right. that that's a really funny movie.
0: And, but Adventureland is the most... As far as recent movies go, that's the one where really... I mean, they make it look like... They make it look like kind of a typical Judd Apatow movie. Like, even on the posters, it says, you know, what's the worst, you know, a, a, did your summer job suck this much or whatever it is. Um, and they really, like, in the advertising, they really play up how, how horrible this job is and all that sort of thing. And it is not that. There are aspects of it. Uh-huh. But it's really just they use the job as an excuse for him to meet. Various people that have a, uh, an effect on on him. Yeah. Um, most notably, a girl, and it's kind of more romance than anything else. Um, it's. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, I guess I. Uh, I, I mean, I'm it, it sucks. It sucks
1: for us, but. Yeah. The people who are <coughs> <coughs> marketing movies, it's not their job to make sure the people who are most likely to like the movie are going to see it. It's right. their job to get the largest number of people possible to see it.
0: And I guess, because the movie did not do well. I believe it. It when it came out, it was sixth at okay. the box office. I don't know what how it's doing now. I don't know if maybe it has gone up or gone down. Maybe it's fallen off completely. I believe that. Um, and it makes me wonder. I mean, I understand, like, you know, Judd Apatow movies are very popular, and so maybe they wanted to play that aspect of it up. But, you know, there are so few good romances out there that it makes me wonder if they had played that up, maybe the film would have done better because mm-hmm. it just, you know, there's a mar- there's a market for romances, and so like, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, like, I find myself wondering if they would have just tapped into a different market. Yeah, um, because
1: uh, that's I think that's not the way they're thinking. They're thinking, uh, they're they're trying to market as, market it to make it look like it is similar to whatever was recently successful. Yeah. Uh, you know that's it's. It seems like the movie industry is often just sort of looking backwards in that sense, yeah. And not and not forwards, not not saying like, oh, we could use a good romance on the market, you know. And I guess I mean maybe
0: I mean I remember you know a long time ago when when we had uh, Stephen Reedy on the show, we talked about uh, you know the way trailers were edited and how uh, and he he mentioned off mic that he had edited several different kinds of trailers for uh, the first Transformers movie. And that, um, you know, depending on the market that they were going to, you know, try advertising to, the trailer could be several different kinds of things, you know. Like there's a character in it who is uh, Hispanic, and he's not in it very long. Uh But in the trailer that they're going to show on like Telemundo or something like that, they played his presence up because yeah.
1: oh well, this is something that the, this audience can relate to. And another thing that Stephen told us, and I can't remember if this is on mic or off, but I think it was off mic, part of the same uh, same conversation is that like they've actually done like market testing, like focus groups. Mm-hmm. People don't care. Yeah, people mm-hmm. don't uh, associate the way they feel about a movie with what brought them into into it. Right. So and, you can do that. You can market it as whatever and uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the 90 minutes if they like the movie they don't care if they got lied to. I mean yeah, I mean, you know,
0: there is that instance of that guy who didn't like the movie Traffic because he thought it was a car movie, but that's his fault. That's uh, that's not <laughs> that's not the fault of the uh of the marketers. But um but I feel like Adventureland they could have they they threw so much uh behind the idea of crappy summer job quirky amusing eccentric comedy um they threw everything behind that and i feel like well there is that aspect to it and they could have played that up but also maybe played up the romance angle and that way you know people who weren't expecting you know who didn't go see it because like i'm not going to go see another dumb comedy but might, might have gone to see a mature romance like maybe they would have gone to see it i don't know it's i'm fascinated with the way movies are are marketed um and Adventureland is just – it's something that was on my mind because once I saw it, I was just like, this is not the movie I was expecting to – you know, exactly that. I went in expecting super bad. Yeah. And I exited, it and I was like, That's, this isn't even close to what I thought it was going to be. It was better. It was actually better than what I thought it was going to be. But, you know, I, I just wonder if, like – because the film didn't do well, and I wonder if the marketing – because, like you said, they're trying to replicate. I think if a replicate. film doesn't
1: do well, it's almost always about the marketing.
0: Well, yeah. But it's just like, you know, maybe people felt like... Oh, oh well, a film does
1: do well, it's almost always about the marketing. It's not...
0: It's all about, you know, our, we're just... Yeah. We're just jerking around here, David. We're not <laughs> helping anybody. No, people I mean, certainly
1: gonna, like art house movies get, you know... <laughs> or just like smaller movies get word of mouth and make money. But it, as far as like movies... Studio movies, yeah, they don't have to be good; they just have to be well marketed, because that's the w- the way that the system is set up. That it only has, it it has to make, you know, like, you know, it makes like seventy percent of its income in the first wee- weekend, yeah, or the first week at least, you yeah. know, and that's so that's all they care about. Just get them in there, and they don't have to establish word of mouth. It's not, it's not you know, the Sting. It's not going to play for, yeah, you know, nine months.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh as opposed to the film Nine Months, which only played for you know a few weeks, but um, yeah. Well, I will say that uh, just in general uh, about the movie Adventureland specifically, um, go see it. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Did
1: it have a good ending? Yeah.
0: Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, here did. we go. All right.
1: Uh, let's get into it, shall we? We got uh, this is um this is the end of our uh, three episode. Journey through my uh, mind, <laughs> through great movie scenes, both the uh, beginnings, middles, and ends. Yes. Um. So, uh, uh I don't, I don't really know what. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's funny. In making my list for the last episode, mm-hmm. like I would think of, oh, that's a great scene, and I would write it down. and be like, oh, well, that's kind of the end of the movie, isn't it? Like that uh, happened. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me a lot. Like a lot of the great scenes, like um. Well, I'll get into some more of them later. Uh, that I just thought of as great scenes happen at the end. The first one that came to my mind, uh the first one of this type that came to my mind was, uh, uh, "What's in the box?" <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> the end of the end of Seven. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, I I don't. David Fitcher's a hit and miss director. Uh, Seven is a is a uh, I'd say a very good film, but not a great. It's no, yeah. it's not Zodiac, essentially. Yeah. But um, uh, that scene is amazing. Yeah, because it's sort of like what we were talking about in the last episode, in that it's kind of funny. Like his his reaction is is over the top, but yeah. it's not over the top because if that really happened, yeah, if it's that over. Were,
0: if that were my, if it were, if I were in his place, and it was the idea of Jen's head, I would because you. That's the thing is, if if it had just been revealed that hey, look what I've got in this box, uh-huh. then he would have been able to cry or yell or any of that but it's that not knowing that adds another dimension to that scene yeah and the and fact that Morgan Freeman won't
1: tell him yeah and it's I, I really think Brad Pitt is a good actor
0: in the right you know in the right role he can be phenomenal
1: and he's he he makes that scene because if he were just just a just a face you know yeah and he, he would be more concerned with looking cool than with uh, doing his job as an actor. Well, and I and, feel like
0: he's not that great in that movie until that moment.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm not talking about the movie at all. I'm, just, I'm talking about this scene. Yeah. And he's amazing in that scene. Yeah. Because he doesn't. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. He's not. He's not vain. He's not thinking about. Uh, you know. Uh, women swooning during the scene in the right in, in the theater. He's completely in the moment, and it's and that's why I say it seems over the top because you expect in. Uh, a sort of genre thriller, like uh, a, thr- a thriller genre movie, starring a huge movie star like that, to have that sort of like sheen over it, like yeah. that that sort of uh, this is a movie type of thing. And yeah. so, uh, you wouldn't expect a character to act that that raw. I mean, that's like that's like Cassavetes type of stuff. <laughs> it it really is. I mean, it, mean it's you know, I, and that's why it's so memorable. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if, I, I, everyone everyone listening. <coughs> I'm going to say, knew exactly what I meant when I said, what's in the box? Oh, yeah. Like, no, I didn't have to say the end of seven. It's People know what that means. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just such a... Yeah, and I guess I ruined it when I said, head in the, sorry, everybody, if you haven't seen seven. <laughs> yeah, um, you should see it. But the... Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it, that that scene in general is structured very well because his emotional, for lack of... As you said, over the top, but not that's not the right term. But his emotional just expression, just everything is out there, um, is matched very nicely by the monotone nature of Kevin Spacey's performance, and then Morgan Freeman in between. Uh-huh. Like, it really, it's just, it's structured very well. It's it's acted incredibly well. Um, and, uh, and as far as, of course, and, and as far as that sheen, of course, Brad Pitt and David Fincher would later achieve that in Fight Club. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so here's the thing. I guess I'm going to have, I guess we're going to have to say this.
1: Spoilers. Yeah. That's this yeah. whole this whole episode is going to be This is going to be spoilers, yeah. I mean I don't have anything too new on here, you know, um, but I might have something that people haven't seen.
0: Right. And
1: um, but there are a couple that I won't that aren't necessarily spoilers. Yeah. Like the next two on my list uh one of them well this next one on my list uh is the, the hospital shootout in Hard Boiled. Okay. Uh which is another one that I thought of and then realized, oh, that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh it's, yeah. It's you, you. You haven't seen. Hard I never Boyle? saw. Hardball. I don't know if you'd like it, yeah. but I mean that hospital sequence is is the distillation of everything that made John Woo uh, good when he was really good. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's beautifully choreographed and shot, and it's it's violent but operatic and. There's literally I had to look this up. I don't know this off the top of my head, but 146 people die in oh, <laughs> like geez. in that sequence, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <coughs> and that and then thinking of Hard Boy made I me mean, think of the end of the Killer, uh, the sort of shootout with many fewer people uh, in the abandoned church, which is uh, oh man, fantastic. fewer than 140. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I if it's gonna hold my attention. Yeah, but um, so yeah, that that, that was just a Some more, but I mean, there's not. I'm like, I I bring this up just to say that I'm not giving away any spoilers. There's, there's shootouts at the end of these John Woo movies. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, and a
0: high body count. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: guess I did give something away. Yeah. For those who count bodies during (laughs) sequences. Oh my.
0: Um. (laughs) Yeah. I. Uh. I was looking at at my list here, and of course, I'll just throw out. Of course, Chinatown. Sixth Sense, Usual Suspect, like
1: now. I tried to stay away from like Sixth Sense and Usual Suspects. I, I tried to stay be- away from. Yeah, you you mentioned the sort of, like. Yes, we recognize. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, we all know. Recognize. You we better we recognize. Give, we, yeah, we we better we give props to those. Yeah. What you were saying? Oh, then? I'm sorry. You trailed <laughs> off. I thought
0: there was more to that sense. Turns out, no. Um, yeah. So you know, I I just want to breeze through those because yes, all right. Usual Suspects, Sixth Sense, there's a twist. The twist actually, I'd say th- the twist they're, I don't think they're there for their own sake. I think they really do add to everything we've seen before that. Um, you know, Chinatown, it doesn't have a twist, but it's a, it's an ending that everybody knows about um, because, of course, it's got that last line, and it's just but also just everything, that whole last scene, it's just so heartbreaking. And there's a moment, I think I mentioned this when we talked about evil. Um, <clears throat> the most disturbing moment of that is not... You know what? Yeah, I already said spoilers. Yeah, it's, that goes for the whole episode. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, as Todd Glass would say. Um, but uh, it's not when Faye Dun- It's not when you see Faye Dunaway with uh, her eye exploded out from a gunshot. Uh-huh. It's not that. I mean, it could be for some people, but for me, you see John Houston. Come up to his daughter slash granddaughter, and, and he covers her eyes, and he's got like these really long, yeah, he's creepy got, fingers.
1: Like, like lengths of cable. It, right.
0: Is, yeah. I mean, just, on,
1: you know what? He's like a fish man. Here's <laughs> 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 uh, wasn't I wasn't expecting that, dude.
0: Um, here's what I would compare it to. The face hugger in alien. Yeah. As long as those legs are, that's how long John Houston's <laughs> fingers are. And he and he covers the girl's eyes uh-huh. with those fingers and just pulls her away and you don't see where they go. Yeah. You just know that he's got her now, and that's the end of that. And it's just such a it's that moment is really sad and really creepy. Um But uh but that's and and um and the end, I'd say, the way it's directed, but also just the revelation at the end of Citizen Kane makes for a, a really
1: good ending yeah. uh, that
0: makes you really re-examine what you've seen before.
1: So those are oh, shoot. we should also talk about the end of Casablanca. That's one. That's, oh yeah, I mean that's uh, iconic, and yeah. um it's uh, it. <clears throat> we talked about uh, I can't remember which movie we were talking. Oh, we talked about the Odessa Steps sequence yeah. last last episode. Um, and something that has a reputation for a reason, you yeah. know. And Casablanca has a reputation as one of the great endings yeah. for a reason. It's not just that it's uh, these two iconic actors, or that it's uh, clever dialogue. Although it is those things. Yeah. It's that <clears throat> the the emotional point at which these two characters, specifically Bogart's character, yeah. have arrived. Uh, it's been earned the whole way through, and this this payoff is not. It's not just a twist, or it's not just a Hollywood ending, and it really isn't a Hollywood ending, which is what right. makes it so. One of the things that makes it so memorable. It's, uh, it's it's the culmination of everything we've seen before. Yeah, and it's
0: just, and and it's weird because you're absolutely right. I mean, a movie that is considered one of the most Hollywood type movies does not have. It, it makes, you know, there's a character who's very self centered. Uh, throughout the throughout the film, or at least he wants to appear that way. Yeah, and ultimately he realizes that there's something bigger than himself, and it invo- it in- includes a huge sacrifice on his part, but also on the part of the audience. The audience wants to see them get together, and but the movie sticks to its guns and says no. There's something even better, even bigger that's going to happen, and uh-huh. it's basically him realizing that there that. He's going. He can't just sit idly by anymore. He needs to take an active role in in the events of the world. And it's really it's a wonderful ending. You're absolutely right. And just and there's a nice moment for Claude Rains in there as well. Yeah. Because he's a guy who's also very much out for himself. And whoever you know, yeah, he's friends with Rick. But eh, I could get killed. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) come on. Um. But he does. You know. But he makes a a small sacrifice as well. So um. Yeah. That's a great ending. You're absolutely right.
1: It's. you often—I wish I could think of an example at the top of my head—but I've noticed that you often talk about movies like movies that everyone loves, and your favorite character is often someone that, uh, that you're not expecting. You know, it's but and that's but that's the way it is for me with uh, Casablanca. Rick is not my favorite character <laughs> in the movie. It's he's a great Cla- character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're all great characters. Yeah. But Claude Rains is my favorite guy in the in the whole. Oh movie. yeah.
0: It's just such a because he like he is Casablanca uh-huh. like Rick lives there because he wants to get away from the world. But Louis is, is Casablanca just his corruption and his complete delightful attitude about it. That's just like, yeah, I'm corrupt. Who would have thought, isn't that funny? You know, like <laughs> that attitude you run across everywhere in that, in that city. And, uh, in that film, like it's just, just the, the delight at, uh, at his own, uh, you know, moral corruption, uh, You know, that's he kind of does set the tone for that film to a certain degree. Um, But uh, and I would actually I'll bring another uh, Bogart movie up, which is Maltese Falcon. That has a really great ending because, again, it's not a Hollywood ending. It's a film noir. And so you don't expect one. But, you know, you expect these two to get together. And in fact, he Sam Spade winds up selling out his kind of girlfriend in service of... Because she killed his partner. Right. And granted, he was having an affair with his partner's wife. Uh-huh. He didn't like his partner. He's doing it, like, on principle. Like, he was a very... He's a very principled person. Uh, even if it means selling out any chance that he might have for being happy. But his reason... He also has another reason, which is... Well, what happens when you're done with me? You know? Right. You're not above killing people, clearly. Um, and then I guess the, the last one that I'll... The last obvious one that I'll mention... Is uh, Planet of the Apes, which yeah you know that one. It's got a nice twist, and the twist it, that's the thing. I think that's I think we mentioned this before, uh, certainly a few moments ago. For me, a twist works best when it actually helps to color everything we've seen before, and it yeah. and you, suddenly you can't view it the same way ever again because it's not a twist like oh this guy killed him.
1: Oops. You know, I yeah. was all, I was wrong. You know, it's He's not a who done it. Oh, she's not really his daughter. She was conning him along with Sam Rockwell. Is when that there happens you know. in movies. Sometimes, for example, yes.
0: Um, <laughs> anytime Sam Rockwell is involved with a twist, you know it's trouble. Um, but uh, okay, so those are the. I think those are really the only super obvious ones. Um, yeah. And so definitely. now I want to get to you know ones that are a little lesser known and well, ones that I that I personally love.
1: I want to go back to something I was saying about Casablanca about how okay. the ending and this is the way that a lot of these great end- endings are is, is they're the they're the culmination of of what you've seen you know the 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 everything that happens before had to happen in order to get to this point you know it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just a great scene it's it's a great payoff yeah you know um, and that's that's true of a lot of these great endings uh, from for me and uh, listeners longtime listeners know this is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Uh, but the end of Black Narcissus is mm-hmm. uh, is the perfect example because it's a it's a movie about people who are re- repressive. The entire movie, they're nuns. Yeah. they're uh, they're they're reserved and they've been repressing themselves. And so when this woman, starting with the part when she puts on the lipstick, which yeah. is what something we talked about when we talked about this movie, yeah, that uh,
0: the and that's a great. We should have mentioned that last episode because that's a great moment.
1: It's because. It's it's amazing that you've bought so much into the world of the, of the movie. You know, it's it's sort of like the thing two weeks ago, or two episodes, two weeks ago, whatever. The Jaws thing that Steven yeah. Spielberg said, "Well, I've got them for two hours; they'll buy this." You right. know. Well, uh, Michael Powell is saying is uh, like he's gotten us so into this world and into the way that these nuns live mm-hmm. that the act of a nun putting on lipstick is shocking. Yeah, it's it's an explosive moment. Yeah, she puts, and then everything that happens after it, the the, the the movie becomes uh so much more feverish you know and and uh uh the the camera becomes somewhat uh unloosed yeah you know uh and it's 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 taken so long to get here and then of course i i, I don't want to spoil the on a black narcissist. That, uh, i'm okay with that okay that's I, i'm not going to. but uh that's that, that's one of my favorites of all time, and it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, that an ending is not just a great scene that happens to come near the end. Yeah, you know, although I mean it is with hard boiled, <laughs> right? But um, uh, uh, but a really great ending is, uh, it is it has to be earned.
0: Yeah, the uh, the ending to uh, All the King's Men. Uh, I haven't seen the new one, but I assume it ends similarly to the original. Um, <clears throat> And I'm currently reading the book, which by the way, if you haven't read it, it's a wonderful book.
1: Is it? I've seen the I haven't seen the new movie either, but I've seen the uh
0: The original? The right one, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the one that won Best Picture and didn't need to be remade. <laughs> um But the uh the ending there I'd say is kinda similar to what you're talking about where, you know, the events, you know, the characters, it's basically about this corrupt governor who started out, you know, really wanting to do good and really wanting to change things. But then, of course, you know, he makes moral compromises, as everybody does. And before you know it, he spends so much of his time covering his own ass that he's not spending any time making any of the changes. And he, of course, he, and he makes enemies, and some of the enemies that he makes are good people. And, and it all basically ends with him being assassinated. Uh-huh. And and the thing is, and, and the look of horror as he is dying, uh, the look of horror on his face as he is dying... It's not just, oh, I'm dying, you know, which admittedly that's a big, that'd be a big thing I'd say, Uh but it's just this realization that like I'm dying and I didn't, and I just, I I wasted everything. I just wasted my opportunity. I wasted my, my life, you know, and you know, I think he says like it could, it could have all, it could have been all different, you know, and just... And it's that realization that—I mean, it's kind of a cliche to say, like, you know, his life kind of flashes before his eyes, but suddenly he realizes, like, I'm out of chances. This mm-hmm. is it. I had every chan- i had every opportunity to do amazing things, and I didn't. And it's actually very similar to the ending uh, of the movie W, which uh, has the character who— He gets shot at the end? He does not. Oh. But he has a similar realization which is, you know, he he's a character in the film he's he's played as a guy who's always looking forward, always looking for uh how he can uh do better, you mm-hmm. know, and because he wants to kind of confound the expectations of those around him. And then finally, you know, he realizes cuz like, oh, well, it's not enough that I'm the governor of Texas, I need to be the president. It's not enough that I'm the president, I need to be reelected. It's not enough that I'm reelected, I need to win this war or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and then, fi- and that's the thing is, he spends so much time looking ahead that he never actually sees what he has now. And at the end of the film, um, they they keep using a. Uh, of course, it's Oliver Stone, so why wouldn't they? They keep using uh, this kind of fantasy sequence of him in a base, you know, at, like on a baseball field. And at the end of the film, you see that he's in the outfield. He's got his mitt on, and he's wearing a full suit. Uh-huh. And uh, you hear the crack of the bat, and you see him run back, and he's looking up at the sky, waiting for it to come down, and it just never does. And it's just him looking up, waiting for it, waiting for it. It's never happening, and then blackout. Oh, that it's sounds actually,
1: pretty good. It's it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> it's pretty good, and uh, and that to me, and yeah, it's a, it's a good ending, and and it's the this similar to all the King's Men, where it's just the character has this realization that like. I had it, I had my chance and it's it's over now. I I squandered it. And uh it's very sad, but I but I absolutely love it. And it's absolutely the ending needed for right. all the King's men. Not just because it was based on Huey Long and he was shot, but even if even if it wasn't based on anybody specifically, that's the ending. That's what it needs to be. Yeah. Um So well, David, what do you got?
1: Well speaking of people getting shot at the end, um, <laughs> and things that happened in real life, uh, Bonnie and Clyde is on my list. (coughs) Oh, yeah. And this is, both because it's a great ending in the movie, but to step outside of the movie, I like your shoes. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't seen them until you crossed your legs. Yeah,
0: the mic is in front of your mouth, (laughs) by the way. I don't know if you, and we're recording. (laughs) Have you, did you just think we were talking for like the last couple hours? No,
1: hey, everybody. Tyler's wearing uh, brown lace-ups. Da-da. I've had these shoes for like a year. Okay. Well, I I don't. I mean, whoever really notices a man's shoes. Nice. What's that from? Shawshank Redemption. Thank you. Um, but anyway, to step out of the movie for a second and just like, to to look at uh, the audience perspective. Yeah. You know, um, Bonnie and Clyde is Bonnie and Clyde is what? Sixty eight. Uh, sixty seven, sixty eight. Okay, right around there. Um. People, you know, there's a decade under under the influence. People talk about the '70s right. as a golden age in in Hollywood, and it it, it was for the yeah. most part. But really, it's people say the '70s, but I think it's really about like '67 uh, to '75
0: is '76, mm, I'd say, because you got okay. Network and Taxi Driver, and oh yeah, okay. Oh shoot, '77 because you got Star Wars and Close Encounters
1: see that's that's where it ends, oh you think so I think, and not that those aren't bad aren't good movies right, but that's where it changes from being yeah. that decade, but anyway, uh yeah, people talk about it in the seventies, but really it starts and it it starts with Bonnie and Clyde is one of the first oh yeah movies of that and I don't even know how to put my finger on what that movement is, but yeah. just uh it's. And it's and it's right at the end of the uh the Hayes Code. Right. Uh, you know, in the beginning of, of ratings, and ratings meant that you could get a you could show pretty much anything and you could just yeah. tell people, hey, there's some bad shit in this movie. Yeah. And so when when Bonnie and Clyde get blown away at the end, that's not a spoiler, right. If you know anything about Bonnie and Clyde. Um man, it is violent. It's really violent. <laughs> it's like
0: I mean, it is Okay, imagine two sunny corleones, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. maybe more bullets, like it is it is rough um yeah and and I'd say similar uh, I believe it came out the uh, same year uh, right around that time, and also ends in a bath of blood uh is uh uh the wild bunch, yeah, which you know and it, it, very much the same slow motion ending, you know yeah. people getting just riddled with bullets um and and what's more is those are. Those ne- those endings, the way they were made, the way they were shot, were necessary, because, like you said, they they signal. It's like this is a western. There's uh-huh. nothing more American than a western. And Bonnie and Clyde is kind of a western too. It, it's very yeah. American either way. Yeah. And and like they the filmmakers, that's uh, Arthur Hiller and Sam Peckinpah, right? Ar- Arthur Penn. Arthur Penn. I'm sorry, Arthur Hiller. That's uh, I believe he played. Uh, I believe he played. Um, in Chinatown, and he was the voice of Kit. No, that's that's William Daniels. He was on Magnum PI as Higgins. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, Arthur Penn. Thank you, Arthur Penn and Sam Peckinpah. Like they wanted to let people know, it's like, yeah, filmmaking is different now. <laughs> yeah, western. The western era was violent. Crime was violent. Here's what it looked like, and you're just like, oh wow. You know, I should have brought up uh, Wild Bunch when we talk about great and, uh, great beginnings too, because it yeah. has a scorpion being eaten by ants. Um,
1: yeah, that's awesome. It is awesome.
0: A little creepy though. Cause that, that's really happening. <laughs> um, but, uh, they don't feel feelings. That's that. Well, I'm sure they've, they, I, I'm sure scorpions feel terror. Probably not as much terror as I feel when I just think of them, <laughs> but, uh, but still probably quite a bit. Um, yeah. And I'd mm-hmm. say actually to continue with people being shot, um, the end of network is, uh-huh. you know, I mean that one, the ending is so cynical and so funny because it ends with Howard Beale getting shot because as the narrator in the film says, he got, he had lousy ratings <laughs> and it's just, and it's, it's funny, but it's, it's what makes it funny, you know, because it's so outlandish, but you believe it because of the events leading up to it. It doesn't seem too outlandish. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I mean that, that's a, a really great, uh, great ending as well.
1: But you, uh you say it seems outlandish, that brings me to my next topic, because we talked about movies that, <coughs> where, where the ending is the sort of inevitable inevitable ending that had to happen, based right. on everything. There And then sometimes there are movies where the ending kind of comes out of left field at you. Yeah. You know? Um, <coughs> to some extent, there's being there, where... Um, I never saw it. Oh, you don't mean, do you want me not to spoil it? For uh, you?
0: It doesn't end with him, like, floating or something.
1: He walks across water. Okay. And see, so, yeah, I mean, that's not the... That, that is the, the last shot of the movie. Yeah. And... Uh, it's great because it's been a Hal Ashby film. It's been kind of right down to earth. You know, it's been naturalistic, yeah. and then all of a sudden he just walks across the water. Uh, why not? <clears throat> and, um, uh, and of course, another out of left field ending with the same actor mm-hmm. is the entire world blowing up at the end of Doctor Strange Love.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, you could make the argument that that ending starts with Slim Pickens on the bomb. Right. I mean, that's from then on, because that happens, and then it's basically all these guys who don't know it's the end of the world yet, and they're all arguing about a mineshaft gap, <laughs> and then Dr. Strangelove stands up and says he can walk, and the world blows up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> that's brilliant. That's a wonderful... You know, it's one of those things where you don't really think about it until you say it, and when you actually describe the ending of <laughs> Dr. Strangelove, it brings a smile to my face. It's...
1: This topic has made me just want to watch all these movies. I, d- I yeah. want to watch American Psycho again. I want to watch Miller's Crossing again, and I want to watch Doctor Strange live again.
0: Well, <clears> now <throat> that you brought up Miller's Crossing, uh, I would say that b- very few filmmakers uh, make as memorable endings as the Coens.
1: Well, I wanted to actually to t- to add on to the last okay. thing, uh, endings that you kind of don't see coming: mm-hmm. the end of Barton Fink. I, I try not to bring up Barton Fink too, too often in the show because right. it's my favorite movie of all time and yeah. if I didn't put any r- restrictions on myself, I would talk about it every episode. Damn right. <laughs> um, but the end of Barton Fink is is perfect because, I mean, the Coens often dabble in magical realism, yeah. mostly like Hudsucker Proxy is a great example and Oh Brother Where Art Thou too. Yeah, um, And th- that's kind of where Barton Fink goes at the end because it's been... Even though it's been a little over the top, it's still been taking place in a recognizable version of reality. Right. And then all of a sudden, this hotel becomes Hades. Yeah. And the the walls just catch on fire for no reason. Yeah. And John Goodman, who's been a gregarious, jolly fat guy yeah. the whole movie, is... <laughs> <laughs> saying Heil Hitler and shooting cops in the face with a shotgun and just running down the hall screaming, I will show you the life of the well, mind. And, and the fact that, that he's insane. saying words
0: like, upon. Look upon me. Yeah, look upon me. I'll show you the life of the uh, a- And, of course, the one thing he doesn't yell is Heil Hitler. He says that quietly uh-huh. and almost to himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then...
1: Did I, you know, when I, uh, when I first got a cell phone, I mean, now I'm an adult and my voicemail is just me saying, you know, oh, yeah. whatever. But I used to put movie quotes as my outgoing voicemail because that's what college kids do with their cell phone voicemails. And uh, so I had, like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. You know, I had, like, some, quote, like, Buffy and Angel stuff. And then for a very brief period, I had the John Goodman look upon me, I will show you the life of the mind. And I got so many complaints.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you also had a, a, a bit of dialogue by Dylan Baker, from uh, Road to Perdition in which, in which he says I want a hard boiled egg yeah. And I want it running <laughs> And uh, yeah it's like, it's, like, it's like I only want to say this once Because I am in no mood um, And you uh, I remember oh, it took a long a time line. to record that At the right level um, <laughs> But uh, yeah I mean Barton Fink And also just They're really good at creating like indelible Last images because Im- it's the image of him On the beach yeah, with a box which may or may you know what's in the box. Uh, <laughs> it may or may not have somebody's head in it, and a be- and you know he's looking at this beautiful girl on the beach, uh-huh. and it's very similar to a postcard that he saw in his hotel room, and it's just and then of course you see a bird like a pelican or something drop just straight down. Of,
1: yeah, just fall out of the sky. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but you know the like the ending of No Country for Old Men is also amazing because it's just so. You, just don't know where it came from and you don't it's just such a there are people who've complained about the ending of that movie and i don't like them because it's just i don't
1: well they can get on a boat with people who complain about the end of the sopranos and there you go there you go, go to an island of complaining motherfuckers and what's wonderful uh, don't comment on it just okay sorry <laughs> um
0: so and what's wonderful <laughs> is that like i i mean I, I i assume it comes from the uh from the book uh, Tommy Lee Jones talking about his dreams, but what I like about it is that first off, those are absolutely dreams that somebody would have. Mm -hmm. Like they're not too complex, you know. Like I had, you know, he's talking about his dad. I've had dreams, like I had a dream where I was walking down the street with my dad, and uh, and this was since he had passed away, and we had a newspaper that was printed on, like, a pizza box. Like, it was printed on cardboard. And it was very important that we carry it with us as we were walking down the street. That was it. That was <laughs> the drink. Like, so, first off, that's a brilliant bit of dialogue because it's absolutely true. And it just, and you're not really sure what it means. It may not actually mean anything, you know? And that's the, that's, and, of course, in a movie like No Country for Old Men, which is kind of nihilistic in a lot of ways, um... You know, it's just—it's such a haunting, sad, perplexing ending. Yeah, and it's—and to me, it's the perfect. How how would you want that movie to end? Yeah, I can't imagine. You know,
1: you know, <clears throat> talking about No Country for Old Men puts me in mind of uh, people often have made the comparison that Anton Chigurh is kind of like a Michael Myers or some sort of like yeah slasher hor- like ho- slasher horror film villain, yeah. uh, and that reminded me of what I think is probably high in the running for greatest ending in movie history. Okay. Which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. And so, it... Speaking of haunting and creepy and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't give you any, like... They don't kill the bad guy at the end. It's not like, oh, I'm glad that hour and a half was over. You leave the movie even more terrified than you've been for the entire rest of the movie. Because uh, he's just freaking out and spinning around in the middle. And then there's that gorgeous gorgeous shot of her yeah. in the back of the pickup truck which was it was my myspace photo like picture yes, for a I long remember. time um
0: yeah and the uh and what i like about it is that it starts with him freaking out and then it turns into a kind of dance like it it, yeah like about halfway through it seemed it's no longer like a function of his temper or something like that and it seems and he seems to be enjoying himself it's it's yeah that is a creepy ass ending. <laughs> I mean, the end of Halloween is actually pretty creepy as well because the body's there uh-huh. and then it's not, and then you just see, you see it from his perspective, and you hear the breathing in the mask, and you just see these various images oh, of the yeah. places that he's visited or the places that he's going to visit or something. And it's really, it, it's really a, a, an odd ending. But, um, but yeah, let's see. But um, yeah, if I if
1: I had to, I think if I had to pick a, my uh, greatest movie ending of all time, it might be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, well, I mean, it's fine with me. I mean, it's
0: certainly, I mean, as far as most memorable endings, it's not going to fade, no matter how much you try. Um, you know, I, the, I would say, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, I just another horror movie that I happen to have on my list, uh, it's not really, a, it's not a slasher movie or anything like that, but The Blair Witch Project has a... Oh, yeah. And that is, uh, I don't know, I guess it's, it's not really a twist ending, it's a, but it's a surprise. Yeah. It, it ends with a surprise. You see uh, Mike, is that his name? I can't yes, Mike. Yes, just standing in the corner. Yeah, you know, and if you remember what you heard from all the way at the beginning of the movie, which uh, I realized I I've since heard that a lot of people just didn't. Right, a lot of people don't like that movie because they're stupid. Yeah, that's the main reason people don't like that movie. A lot of people um, think Mike. Is now, because... by the way, I want to say that because I, I know I will get responses. If you have valid reasons for not liking the Better mm-hmm. Witch Project, that doesn't mean you're stupid. I'm just saying there are a lot of people who dislike it for the wrong reasons. Absolutely. Okay. Among them, I people just, think that Mike, I just saved myself so many emails. <laughs> yeah, I know that's nice. Um,
0: like when Mike is sitting in the corner, standing in the corner, he's kind of slouching a little bit, Uh-huh. Um, and people thought that he was hanging because you don't get a very clear image of it. And they yeah, thought but that if you were he paying hanging, attention, then you know that he's just like the children who wait in the corner to be killed. Yeah. Yes, and that makes it very creepy. Very creepy. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's. Oh, that's a freaking yes. That's a good ending. Well done. Good for you. Um, let's see. Uh, I've got a lot.
1: We here, gotta have not, some transition. I, I yeah, I can't think of any transition. <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about another horror-ish movie. Okay. Um, Eyes without a face, which I never saw. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> do you know what it's about? Not really, actually. Okay, this guy who's like sort of like a mad scientist. His daughter gets into an ax like a car accident, and his uh. uh Horribly scarred or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and he, like, he he's tra- he goes out and kidnaps along with his like assistant, kidnaps and kills women and tries to do face transplants essentially for his daughter. Tries to give his daughter a new face, he's, but she spends most of the, So you, It's like a feel good movie because it's about a father who loves his daughter. Yeah, but like most of the time, she's wearing essentially. I mean, this is way before the. Uh, Way before Halloween, but mm-hmm. he's she's wearing essentially like a female version of the Michael Myers mask, you know, which is creepy. But at the end when like she sort of realizes what's going on or realizes that it's wrong and uh, there's this other whole other thing with this scientist guy has all these dogs on his vast property. Mm-hmm. And so at the end when she's like getting away, all these dogs, just scores of dogs are just barking Madly, mm-hmm. and it's just becomes, it's almost, it just becomes—it's almost—it becomes almost like really loud white noise, and that underneath the whole movie is you're just hearing like just insane barking that won't let up for a long time. Oh, <laughs> upbeat! Yeah, that's
0: uh, yeah. I've I've heard that movie is incredibly disturbing, and I really uh, want to see it. I could lend it to you.
1: You have it? Yeah. Oh, you'll have to watch uh, the other movie that I lent you a year ago. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's not quite a year. <laughs> It's a few weeks off.
0: Um, <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, I, um, let's see. I think, that, I think that's all the horror movies I have. I, I have more movies here, though. <laughs> <if you laughs> well,
0: I, I, I'll bring this up, and I guess I'll maybe use it as a transition of sorts because it is a, it is a horror movie, and I've mentioned it before, so why not mention it again? Uh, the End of Jaws, which, sure. you know, and, and I mentioned it before that it, you know, the brilliance of that ending is not that the shark blows up, although that's fun. It's that it doesn't end there. It ends with Hoop. It ends kind of quietly with Hooper and Brody, just kicking back to shore Uh and just kind of having this kind of a mute. They don't know what day it is, you know, Uh Um, and they're kind of going back and forth about that. And then they make they make a little joke with each other, in which he says, "You know, I used to hate the water," and and then Hooper says, "I can't imagine why." And then (laughs) they and then it just stays on them as they get onto the beach, and it looks very serene and very. It really, it's just such a that it does not end with a bang because it's a movie that, uh, that is every bit as much about the characters as it is about the shark. And so if it, if it ended with the big explosion, then it's about the shark, but it's, it doesn't end that way. It ends with these two guys and their relationship and, and them getting back home, you know, not Mm -hmm. just that they're out of danger, but now they're getting back home. Like, it's just, it's such kind of a, for lack of a better word, it's kind of a low key ending. Um, optimistic and positive but still kind of low key um, and that to me is the brilliance of that film that's that and that's one of the reasons that I love that movie as I've said before Um, is that in the midst of this movie about a shark eating people it will still find moments you know of a father relating to his son or Quint talking about you know or the three of them like singing this song you know this mm-hmm. old uh, you know Seafaring song, like it's just. But that ending, it's not just about the shark blowing up. It's about them getting home, and that yeah. to me is is one of the great
1: things about it. Well, we talked earlier about sort of the uh, the the golden era of the seventies ending mm-hmm. with these people like 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 Spielberg and uh, and George Lucas, mm-hmm. and uh, just put me in mind of uh, my. <clears throat> Uh, often uh, voiced complaint that there are only two good Star Wars movies. Okay. The first two. Yeah. And it makes the end of Empire Strikes Back even more bittersweet. The fact that you know, oh, this didn't lead to anything good. It led... Right. It led to Ewoks. Hey, And everybody knows Ewoks suck, dude. It led... <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed.
0: Um, it also... Le- hang on. Before it led to Ewoks, it led to uh, the Rancor and the Sarlacc Pit and yeah. Jabba the Hutt Alright
1: But and the that's Lake, good. the Salt Lake Pit is oh, We're getting so nerdy But okay The Solic Pit is cool Yeah It's a cool thing But it just leads to, I, I can't remember who am I quoting That said that uh, <coughs> it, Boba Fett just dies like a pussy
0: Oh I believe that was Matt Belknap Who said that Really? Um, yeah that's actually one of my has, uh, That's always been one of my uh, Things when people are talking about Oh Boba Fett's such an awesome character
1: He dies by accident
0: Yeah He dies by
1: accident but um, like anyway, the only reason I brought up the EY, I was referencing Lost for those who don't. know. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, the end of Empire Strikes Back is so great. It is both the the Han Solo story yeah. uh, ending in a like the 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 Luke and Darth Vader scene is very emotional and it's mm-hmm. and it's actually uh, probably the best bit of acting that Mark Hamill did in the uh, in, in the first three movies. I think. Uh, I think I, I think he actually
0: did a very good job throughout. But yes, that moment because I'd say that his moment in that is similar to Brad Pitt. That's what moment, I was about to bring up actually because yeah. it's fairly unguarded and it, yeah. it's kind of uncomfortable to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that's that's very dramatic and climactic. Mm-hmm. As a as a as a young boy though, the the way Han Solo's storyline ended in Empire Strikes Back yeah. just disturbed me and upset me. Yeah, it's really that sad. just the image of him in the uh what was it carbonite? Carbonite, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, sad and creepy. And it's
0: yeah, I mean the fact that he volun that he doesn't volunteer but he goes into it willingly, you know, and reassuring the people that he's leaving behind. Like it's really it's I mean it's it's kind of a his character is always I've always kind of viewed his character as sort of the Rick Blaine of that series. Um and in that moment, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about yeah. Chewie and Leia. It's, it's a yeah. That moment is really, really good.
1: And then there's Jedi, and the way that they get him out of it is just way too easy.
0: Uh, yeah. Although the ending between Darth Vader and Luke is pretty good and pretty solid, yeah. and the Emperor and all that. Yeah. Just uh, that ending, like the Ewoks. Yeah. Nobody likes him. I did when I was younger, and then I got older. Well, that's when you're supposed to like, them. right? Um, but then but that that ending with the emperor and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker it's that's a good ending and it's an and it I'd say it's an emotionally satisfying ending okay um but that's that's just me maybe um okay
1: Ooh, we are done with the nerd <coughs> portion of the show i think um do you have any other uh uh
0: well i guess y- if you want you can get into the end of 2001 if you want to keep it with like sci-fi um which you know that whole movie. I'm not a huge fan of 2001. But I am. I know I'm, And are. I'm
1: not a huge fan of Kubrick. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's... Uh, I, and it's funny because we talked about 2001, we talked about movie Beginnings. Right. And it, that movie is, it really is bookmarked by long what-the-fuck sequences. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not just a what-the-fuck. It's, right. It's not, you know, it's not the world blowing up at the end of A Doctor Strange Love. It's not supposed to be funny. Yeah. You know, it's it's challenging. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a pretentious thing to say, but it really is trying to, it it, it is, it's making the movie more of a, this is going to sound even more pretentious, but more of like a piece than a story. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it's barely a story at all. I mean, in in the traditional sense, I mean, and at the very least, like you don't really care much about your main character. You care about him mostly because he's around, (laughs) um, but that's basically it. Um, and then as he's going through that weird warp and that lasts a very long time uh-huh. like just long enough that you you start feeling like how long is this going to go and then you just kind of let it go and you yeah. just you're in it for the duration um but then of course seeing the 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 baby or the the fetus uh-huh. at the end like that's i mean that's it is an interesting thing because it kind of i I've, I've always felt like it asks the question cuz you know, there's that freaking monolith. Uh-huh. And uh and the monolith always kind of spurs along human evolution or revelation or something like that. And so I always took it to mean like, okay, well, what's next, like, for human evolution at yeah. this point? Um but that's always that's that's how I took it. But well, you've uh, given
1: me a uh I've got one more that I wanted to get to and we have to wrap up soon. You've okay. given me a very clunky segue there. Okay. About about human evolution, fetuses and rebirth. Okay. Okay. And I I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm definitely going to spoil the end of this movie. It's uh, uh, Jonathan Demi's Something Wild. Oh no, I haven't. Okay, well I'm going to spoil it for All you. All right, that's fine. <coughs> um, it, it is sort of a it's it's there's a there's a great metaphor at the end of him sort of being reborn. Like in movies, water is often uh, it's it's either cleansing or it represents like a rebirth or something like that. You know. Mm. Um, and Jeff Daniels has been this sort of like tied down inhibited businessman dude mm. and at the beginning of the movie he meets Melanie Griffith and she's a free spirit and uh she uh takes him out on the road and drink they drink and have sex and act uh and act crazy and it's it's kind of fun it's like oh this is she's like at first she's kind of like uh Barbara Streisand and what's up doc you oh, know okay but then you start to see like <coughs> suddenly her life becomes more real you know like she's kind of a fucked up person and she's not from a good uh, background and she's got this guy in her past because they go back to her hometown Mm -hmm. and this guy played by Ray Liotta in one of his great villain roles yeah Um, because I mean he's not like a you know an arch villain or anything he's a human ground level villain and at the uh, at the end like Jeff Daniels finally sort of uh, he becomes reborn as, like, a confident man because he has to kill Ray Liotta. Yeah. And what happened... <clears throat> Ray Liotta's got him uh, handcuffed to the uh, underside of the sink in the bathroom, to the uh, mm-hmm. the pipe that comes down out of the sink. And he's, like, uh, essentially, like, beating up or attacking Melanie Griffith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Liotta is. And then Jeff Daniels... <clears throat> sorry. He finally pulls... He breaks the the uh the pipe mm-hmm. and so there's water spraying all over the bathroom and then the he goes and attacks Ray Liotta and the fight gets back into the bathroom and then all of a sudden he stabs him in the stomach he mm-hmm. like Ray, Jeff Daniels stabs Ray Liotta in the stomach and you just Ray Liotta's just standing there and it, it's it's gorgeous the movie just like slows down and it doesn't really go into slow motion it just sort of like breathes for a second and there's the water hitting the tile mm-hmm. and Ray Liotta's just standing there and not doing anything and then there's drops of blood falling into the puddles of water, you know, mm-hmm. and then Ray Liotta dies <clears throat> and Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffith go outside back into the sunlight. Mm. And, it's, and there's a lot of metaphors at play there. <clears throat> yeah. Or one big metaphor, I guess. Uh, and it's uh, very um, expertly crafted and executed. Hmm. Uh, it's... Well, maybe that's what makes Jonathan, Jonathan Demi good at what he does. Yeah. So <coughs> it's
0: almost as if Jeff Daniels uh, were born again.
1: Yes. Last Temptation of Christ <laughs> uh, is
0: has an ending that I think is absolutely amazing. Uh, it has an ending that I desperately wish uh, my fellow Christians would watch because basically there's, you know, we, we talked about this before, so I won't go into a lot of detail. But, you know, basically while Jesus is on the cross, uh, he has... There's a fantasy sequence in which he comes down off the cross and leads uh, a normal life uh, only to find out that, you know, what he is fulfilling on the cross is what people need. Um, And so he finally acknowledges that, yes, I want to be the Messiah. And once he says that, he's right back up on the cross and... And he's happy to be there. I mean, it sucks, you know, but he's yeah, happy and to he be there. But he
1: says, uh, what is it? You he know. says it is accomplished. No, that's what it
0: is. And then he dies with kind of a smile on his face. And this really celebratory, it's Peter Gabriel, right?
1: That yeah, does the music. This yeah. really
0: celebratory Peter Gabriel music ends. You would expect it to be a swell of sadness, but it's not. It's a swell of triumph, um, which is the note that the movie's supposed to be ending on. It's supposed uh-huh. to end on a great, amazing thing. Uh-huh. And uh, and of course, as I've said before, as a Christian, I mean that sequence brings brings me to tears. I love it. You know, it's infinitely more inspiring to me than last time than uh, Passion of the Christ. But that's
1: me. It's, so you know, I know we have to wrap up really soon okay. here. But uh, and I don't want to compare your faith to the Blood Witch Project, but it is sort of a a similar thing. Like people who don't like there's a lot of people who don't like Last t- Temptation of Christ. Oh, you
0: mean my belief system, not my faith specifically. Right. Oh, okay. I got you. I got Sorry. you.
1: Um, people who don't get it, uh, and they hate it for all the wrong reasons, because they're stupid.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh,
1: it's really frustrating, because coming from a non-Christian point of view over here, over mm-hmm. here. Um, <laughs> we're back to Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. As far back as I can remember. Yeah. I always wanted to get stabbed in a bath. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh. Because even from a non-Christian perspective, because I don't believe what you believe, but I get it when I watch that movie and emotionally, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I believe every much as every bit as much as you do up until oh, yeah. the credits roll. You know, uh, and it just it infuriates me, uh, on on your behalf really, or people like you, uh, on 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 all your behalf. It infuriates me that anyone would not get that that movie is uh, pro you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is frustrating because. Um, at this point if 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 a Christian has not seen it they have undoubtedly heard all they've heard is the controversy that's it that's all that's all they've heard they've heard oh the pope condemned it yeah he didn't see it incidentally but that's that's fine um all they I remember I I was back at my church in Nixa and there was a guy intelligent grounded guy who when I said that I saw last temptation of Christ he's like oh really i'm like i'm telling you man you you've got you have to see it uh-huh. And then I said my standard thing which was That movie did for me what Passion of the Christ did For everyone else and then that When I when I said that he was like Really like it's really just Christians need if you're a Christian you haven't seen Last Temptation of Christ because you have some kind of Worry About it's it being you know Blasphemous or something Put those out of your head see it and watch it All the way to the end although I just spoiled it for you Sorry <laughs> um, Okay so I want to go through like I'm gonna. I've got a lot written here, and I'm gonna go through like uh, a wildfire, um, <laughs> okay. burning out of control.
1: I'm, and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen by interrupting you and going on tangents. In yes, that's, everyone.
0: That's fine. Um, okay. Okay. Um, the end of the Manchurian Candidate. Sure. Is great. Okay. Um, uh, the end of Nashville. Is I know that you don't like the movie, yeah, I don't. But that ending is very uh, stirring. Um, I'll agree with that, yeah, because it's just I mean, you know, it's subtle as a chainsaw, Um, (laughs) you know, because there's this huge American flag and a character gets shot. Should have brought this up when we were talking about people getting shot. Yeah, Um, a character gets shot, but and then she gets taken off stage, and this other guy just tells everybody just keep just keep singing. This we're not going to let people you know he said this this is nashville this isn't dallas you know reference <laughs> to kennedy because at the time it's weird to think but at the time kennedy's death was only 12 years old yeah it that's was weird to think but um, yeah it
1: was as recent to them as the first episode of buffy is to me
0: oh man oh my or la confidential is to me oh jeez. <laughs> okay all right that i didn't even think about that um but uh, or some kind of some, you know, some kind of life thing, I guess. Um, but uh, but anyway, and so so everybody starts singing this song called it. Don't worry me. And it's just it's such a weird, optimistic, but kind of at the same time, cynical note. And it's really great. Um, really? The- you
1: think that movie is cynical? <laughs> that movie's really cynical. I was yeah, being but that ending is. That's one of my optimistic. one of my problems with it. Yeah,
0: but that ending is still somewhat optimistic. Wait, what was that? Funny Games. You have a problem with the film cynicism? <laughs> uh,
1: Funny Games is smug <laughs> and elitist. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking.
0: Um, but uh, I do like calling people. Na- I I like calling them the titles of movies they like. <laughs> Um, Talent Mr. Ripley, I think, has a really great, disturbing ending. Yeah. Uh, as, you know, as far as that goes.
1: It, it sort of, just that one thing of the closet door closing. Yeah. Reminds me of the end of The, of the Godfather, with the door closing. Yeah, yeah. And it's ju- and it's
0: just such a, I mean, you know, when, when Tom Ripley kills the last, you know, not the last person total, not the last person in his life, but the last person of this movie, um, and he's just crying as he's doing it. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's, that's a wonderful performance by Matt Damon, but just... The seek as as David said, you know, um, the sequence of of cuts and and shots, it's really, really beautiful to look at, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Another disturbing ending that I really love is the pledge um, in which I think I mentioned it before, um, in which Jack Nicholson basically turns into one of those guys muttering himself, muttering to himself on the street. And we've just and the movie starts like that and you don't know how it got there. And then it shows you how it got there and you're like, oh, geez, that's really sad. Um, the movie Sideways, I think, has a really great ending. The final shot is basically it's this guy who uh, has this relationship with this girl and he has kind of squandered it. But he goes back to her place, you know, after getting a, a very nice, sympathetic uh, voice message from her. And so it, the last shot is him knocking on the door yeah. and then cut to black. And that's perfect. Because no matter, and of course, the joke. If you listen to the commentary track with Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church, is the joke is uh, they're like, well, and of course, uh, an Asian man opens the door uh, <laughs> because she has moved. Um, but uh, but it's just, it, I love that ending because it's. I remember when I saw it, I didn't know what the ending was going to be, um, and then he knocks on the door, and I and it just kind of held on that for a minute. I was like oh, this is the ending, and then it cut to black, and I was uh-huh. like, that's that's <laughs> wonderful, I love that. Um, and so lastly, I will bring up a movie that, as strange as it sounds, I was watching it the other day because I had an idea, some friends of mine and I occasionally uh, make these short films, you can see a couple of them on uh, on the Battleship Pretension uh, video page um, at the bottom, uh, and I had an idea where... Basically, you take scenes from uh, Din- Disney's Winnie the Pooh and you play them uh, with just regular 20 something guys. And when you do that, every character turns into a total asshole. <laughs> Everybody just comes in, each, eats each other's food without asking, and everyone's just a total jerk. <laughs> All right? So that's something that. So I was transcribing scenes the other day uh-huh. uh, for that. Um, and then the ending came along. What's the last time you saw Winnie the Pooh?
1: Oh, my God. I don't remember okay.
0: at all. It ends with... I mean, that's a movie that has a lot of great moments in general and a really hallucinogenic sequence involving heffalumps and moozles. But that ending is so sad. It basically ends with Christopher Robin has to go off to school. Uh huh. That's it. And and so he can't have the kind of fun that he was having with these friends you uh-huh. know, in the Hundred Acre Wood. And it ends with him and Winnie the Pooh and just asking like, and just having kind of this really sad conversation about you know uh, how I'd like to do just nothing, but I can't do just nothing anymore because now I got to go and do other things. And you know, Winnie the Pooh saying like, "Will you think of me, or will you will you ever come up here again?" And just and it's really it's really kind of sad and bittersweet. You know, I mean, a kid has to grow up, Uh but it really. It is, to me, probably one of the best Disney endings. Because it's all... I mean, it's a its a—a a world of of imagination. Uh, of a kid's imagination. And, you know, as will happen when you grow up, you kind of have to put that away. But it's still... There's still a special place in your heart for, you know, the, kind of these fantasies and stuff that you had when you were a child. And it's really... I, I'm sorry to end the, the show on this note, but it's just... Watching it like I kind of teared up a little bit, and I didn't. What's weird is I didn't think it was sad when I was a kid, huh. but I think it's very sad now because it's so wistful. um But yeah, the end of Winnie, the end of Winnie the Pooh is to me one of the one of the best endings ever.
1: Okay, so Let's, we should have a double feature: Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Winnie the Pooh. Absolutely, there's no <laughs> question about it. And of course,
0: as we all know. Uh, Owl then dances around with a chainsaw and, um, <laughs> yeah. while telling one of his long-winded stories. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> and
1: Piglet is like shrieking in the back of a pickup <laughs> truck.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So uh, of course you can go to the forum and uh, discuss uh, any uh, movie endings. Although I think people have already uh, have already discussed this on there. So, um, but you can uh, you can always email us uh, Tyler at Battleshippretension or David at com. If, if you've
1: written me in the past couple weeks and I haven't gotten back to you, it's because I keep forgetting to check that email. Ah.
0: Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i sorry for those that I've just gotten around to. Uh, I've been too sick to really even sit up. So, sorry about that, everybody.
1: And if, I haven't been on the forums either for a while. Yeah. Because about a month ago, I started a new job. Yeah. Uh, a real job, <laughs> right? <laughs> not a job where I can just dick around on the internet all day. Indeed.
0: Um, and since this, I'll say this: uh, since this episode is going up, uh, still this you know, within the same week as the last one, uh, we want to remind everybody to listen to the Slash Film Cast. Yeah, Monday um, the twenty seventh. Monday the twenty seventh. You we can still haven't to checked, it. yeah? <laughs> if that's you right, you can or not. listen to it live, uh, or you can just find it on iTunes uh, a few days after that.
1: You can listen to it live at slashfilm dot com. Slash live
0: Right So um, Or you can go to iTunes And listen to it uh, In podcast form uh, uh, At a later date So um, So thanks everybody For listening And uh, we'll get you next time Bye Bye <laughs>